Welcome back to the Hunting Roots Podcast, powered by On X. I'm your host, Brody Swisher, and man, today we've got a tough one. This is a tough story. I'll just be real honest with you. It's one that I've kind of dodged a little bit, trying to bring the story back. Um, this is the story of Stephen Horton, young man who was tragically killed in a muzzleloader accident, uh, I guess 16 years ago, muzzleloader week here in Tennessee, and with this Saturday being the kickoff to muzzleloader season again, thought it'd be a fitting time, despite how tragic the story is how tough it is to hear uh, we've got miss Kay horton steven's mom is gonna share the story with us of her son's passing uh, while muzzleloader hunting here in tennessee again this is one that's it's kind of brutal you don't you know you never like to hear these stories but uh, again i think it's just a great reminder to us and for us about how fragile uh, life is how quick things can happen um, and just a, a a call to safety as we hit the woods again this season uh, like I said, this weekend kicks off muzzleloader season, and muzzleloader week in Tennessee is the anniversary of this accident. And so uh, Miss Kay and her family, uh, Howard, her, her husband, uh, and again, Stephen, their son, uh, are family friends I grew up with. So as we remember Stephen Horton, we're going to get Miss Kay on the line as she retells the tragic story of Stephen's final hunt. Hello. Hello, Miss Kay. How are you doing today? Pretty good. How are you? I'm doing doing well. I thank you for coming on today and just allowing us to to hear the story. Tell me, if you will, how he got started hunting. What sparked an interest in hunting for him, and where did he get started? How did he get going in the sport of hunting? Well, he wanted to hunt from the time he could walk, you know, because mm. his daddy hunted. And, uh, of course, you know, he couldn't, but he, he really was, that was a, a prime thing, and he took hunter safety as soon as they would let him. He was ready to do it. But they loved it. Yeah. They uh, had a place in Bolivar that had a pathetic place, but they would go and put their sleeping bags in it. It was protection from the weather when yeah. they went. that's right. And uh, loved it. And uh, he just, it was, that's what he really was going to college for. He wanted to be a game mm. It was his life. He really, he just, it was everything he liked to do. And yeah. it was fun. He enjoyed it. And, um, of course, you know, when it happened, the TWA, TWA was called because, but, you know, being that. And, of course, they wrote up their thing that there was nothing illegal or anything going on. That no alcohol, no drugs, obviously. Stephen's dad always made sure we were very safety conscious and we did everything according, you know. He yep. wouldn't let him get in the boat without a life jacket. He wouldn't let him do the, you know, it was always. And they were just shocked because he had friends that loved hunting too. Right. And they kind of trusted my husband to kind of be their guide. So. Yep. Yep. Anyway, um, they imploded Baptist Hospital on Sunday morning, November the 6th, which he had grown up at Baptist Child Care Center. And he and his fiance were there with me and my husband when they imploded it at 4 a.m. And that was the last time I got to see him alive because he was going to school and I was working and we talked every day, but you know, anyway, they left to go to Kilmer on November 10th to Muggleload. Of course, that was all that was uh, Muggleload and, and, uh, yep. and it was, it was not, it was November 10th. It hadn't quite opened up for gun season. And right. He called me at 12, 18 PM. I'll forget it and told me, mom, you made me miss another deer this morning. 
Mm. I've never hunted and didn't shoot, period. You know, I said, how could I do that? He said, well, you never taught me to shoot left-handed. I was left-handed. He was right-handed. And just just kind of a little joke. And that's the last I heard from him. Fifteen minutes later, he was gone. Mm. But I'm thankful God gave me that. Yeah. That last call. Yeah. It was important. Yep. And my husband heard the shot, and he thought Stephen had shot something. Because Stephen had gone to the truck to get the keys for the four-wheeler, and they were going to move it and go eat because it was lunchtime. And so he thought Stephen had seen something and shot it, and he came back and found Stephen. Well, Howard did not have a cell phone at the time, and he went running to try to get help, not thinking about Stephen's cell phone. Mm. And um, fell, and broke his femur, his left femur. Mm. And he's laying on the ground. He didn't really know whether Stephen was dead or not because he was afraid to touch him, I think. He just knew that, you know, something had happened. He could see some blood. I, I don't, you know, it was all kind of a blur. Right. And one of the sheriff's deputies' wife came home for lunch that day and she told me, she said, I never come home for lunch. Mm. And she heard Howard. And of course, her, she called her husband and he, you know, called paramedics and all kinds. So they were going to airlift Howard to Baptist Hospital because his femur was broken in three places. Wow. And I was at work at Baptist Collierville, and my boss, who was the CNO, said, no, we cannot bring him here. We can't handle it because they all knew Stephen. But all he did was come and get me someone drive me to Baptist Memphis to bring him Howard there. He'd broken his leg, and that's all he told me. He didn't tell me anything else. Yeah. He was trying to get me to Howard. Yeah. Before I knew. And, you know, I had talked to her, Stephen's fiance, and I said, I said, I'll be okay. I'll call you after I get to the hospital. When I got there, and I thought, oh, I've got to get her here before somebody else tells her. Mm. And her fiance, her fiance said, I mean, I just didn't want her to hear it. Yeah. And her trying to drive. Yeah. That was the second hardest thing I ever had to do was mm. to tell her. You're going through the darkest day of your life, and, and, Oh, God surrounding you with those people and the words and the friendships and the encouragement you needed at that moment was right there waiting on you when you, when you got there. Uh, and, and as you got there and, and people show up just to surround you uh, with the love of Jesus to carry you, you know, help carry you through uh, that darkest day of your life. So take us back again on that day, Miss Kay Stevens okay. hunting with his dad again. Just the two of them. Just the two just, of them. There was nobody else there. Some of his friends went sometimes. My nephew, our grandson, was in South Carolina. He was a senior in high school at that time. Yeah. And of course, he said that they were driving from South Carolina. Yeah. If I'd been there, this wouldn't have happened. <laughs> sure. Well, yeah. 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 And uh, of course, then my granddaughter, she was a year older. She was three years younger than Stephen, and Daniel was four. Yeah. And she was in college. She was in her first year of college. And she did a paper on it and said that, you know, there weren't as many. Uh, protocols on muzzleloaders that were on the rifles and other sure. hunting apparatus. Yep. And uh, that was kind of a shock to her. She did that. And she, that was, so it impacted all of them yeah. in more ways than one. Yeah. But it was, Howard said later, you know, he told me in the hospital, he was aware of a presence around mm. Stephen. And then when Brother Steve preached the following Sunday after Dr. Rogers' funeral, and he preached on heaven, mm. and he was preaching on the fact that 
there are all these angels, you know, the angels accompany God's children home. Wow. And so the people who were leasing the hunting property to us had two young boys, and they would tell their mommy, they said, Mommy, can we go out there where the angels came down? Yeah. Which they were referring to that point that where Stephen was killed, yep. that the angels actually came down to accompany him home. Yep. And it was just kind of a real, it was kind of another, just, one of those special things that you just have. Yeah. And, um, yeah, absolutely. Just, a, it, there's just, you know, there are things we're thankful for. We're thankful that I got the phone call. That is one thing that we never, ever did is we never hung up the phone without saying, I love you. Yeah. We never left my house without saying, I love you. Yeah. And I'm thankful for that. And I, and I am thankful for that. You, you know, Stephen hunting with his dad, Bolivar, Tennessee, and he calls you. Uh, what time did you say he 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 called you on that morning? Twelve eighteen. Twelve eighteen. Calls you, messing around with you, tells you that you cost him a deer because he he w- couldn't shoot right handed or you were left handed and didn't teach him to shoot left handed. But twelve eighteen, he calls you, jokingly, uh, kidding with you a little bit. You guys hang up the phone. Uh, Miss Kay, what what happened or do you know what happened? Uh, as they far just as picked up my loader that tipped up. They said it just malfunctioned in some way that the safety was, the cap was still on and the safety was still in place. Yeah. So they, you know, they don't know. Yeah. I mean, it was something nobody could really understand or know. Sure. And that's, I mean, that's what, you know, the TWRA and the uh, Sheriff's Department wrote on the police report. Um, they did, of course, take him to Nashville. They took him to Bolivar just pronounced him. He had to go to Nashville uh, for an autopsy because they, you know, because of it being some type of a accidental, you yeah. know, whatever they called it, it was shooting, it wasn't really, you know, but yeah. because of the way it happened, it, they required an autopsy. And uh, so he went to Nashville because um, <laughs> the Coroner in Shelby County wouldn't let him come back here, even though the deputy there said, Sir, you don't understand. This is this woman's child. He needs to come to Shelby County. Yeah. Oh, we're busy. He can't come. Send him to Nashville. Wow. wow. <laughs> I'm very nice. I mean, but. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, um, you know, so that meant it was another day or two before we could even do anything. So right. we didn't even get back to Memphis until Sunday. Right. So. And, uh. Anyway, again. I was. I promised you it was a rough time. Absolutely. And you said how and who who shared the, the news to you when you were they they didn't tell you in route uh, to get you to the so hospital and then when my you, boss I knew I knew my boss was very upset. Yeah. And I thought he must have, what I thought was Howard must have broken his neck. I figured he fell out of the tree stand. Right. What I thought maybe. Uh, I figured he must have broken his neck and his leg, and they were only telling me he broke his leg. Right. It never dawned on me to be anything with Stephen. I knew he was upset. I tried to call one of my friends and couldn't get her, so I called her daughter because I knew her daughter was in the car line at Central uh, Central Church Daycare. You yeah. know, I mean, well, school. They, that's because it was that time of day. Because this was like about, it was after three by the time they got Howard to Memphis, you know. Right. And, um, so I thought, and so I got Carolyn, and she was also a Baptist Hospital graduate. Both of her and her mother were nurses. 
And my boss said, is that Carolyn? And I said, yes. He said, let me talk to her. He said, I need you to get to the hospital now. And she asked him, she said, is it worse? Because I told her how it had broken leg. He said, yes, I need you to get there now. I didn't know what she said, but then she told me later. So she pulled out of the car line and went told him, she said, I got to have my boy. I've got to go to the hospital now. Yeah. And got there. And, um, you know, uh, but he had, they had gone to, they had gone to Baptist Hospital School of Nursing together, so he knew who she was, and he wanted right. to get somebody there to be with me yeah. that was pretty much family because he knew we were real close. Right. And um, but Howard was the one that told me uh, that he was, and my boss was trying to get me there, and he said I knew we could handle Howard's injury because they had called the paramedic paramedics there in Kilmer uh, had asked about coming to Collierville because my husband said take me to Collierville because he knew. Yeah. Dr. Crockwell was there and I was there and Jimmy said no. Yeah. We He said it was not that we couldn't handle Howard. Everybody knew Stephen. They all knew who he was right. and they just he just felt like they couldn't handle that. So yeah. That's why they took him and that he was just doing his best. So he was trying to protect me or he could get me to Howard. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. What were your first words uh Howard's first words to you, how did he tell you? What were the words that came from he his mouth? He said, don't, don't worry about me. It's Stephen. And I said, Stephen? And he said, he's gone. Mm. Mm. I don't know what I did. Mostly I held on to the side of the stretcher trying to hold myself up. Mm. It just kind of was a, it was a total shock. I'd been trying to call Stephen on the cell phone. And Megan had to, his fiance, and she said, I guess he's in his daddy's truck playing the music loud and he can't hear his phone. I mean, that was, both of us figured he was, you know, on his way back and was ignoring us. Right. Because he had the radio on loud. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> he was prone to sing with the radio. And, yeah. And uh, so that's what both of us thought. But it never occurred to us that what we were fixing to face. Hmm. Gosh, dog, bless you. I, again, the, the words and the message relayed that no parent ever wants to hear. And as you said, you, you just kind of went into shock mode, kind of blurred out. Oh, I'm sure. Dear. How do people cope? You've got the hope. And as you said, you know, uh, without a doubt that Stephen gave his life to, to Jesus, surrendered his life to Jesus oh, as yeah. a child. And you've got that hope. And you know, one day when it's all said and done and, and for, you know, as we get older and older, those days are growing closer that we're going to see him again. I Oh, but for the person that doesn't know God, that's what what gets me because you know how brutal that ordeal was and whole whole situation and the years to follow and on that terrible day, you know how painful, how brutal that was. But you had to hope and have that hope, and and I just can't even begin to imagine the person that doesn't know God, that doesn't have the hope of heaven, uh, what they go through, how they go through that, and and um, and I guess that's one of the biggest things with this podcast. What we want people to know is that. There is well, hope, and there's hope in Jesus, and they need that. Right. Uh, just thank you so much for sharing the story of uh, a tough story to tell, I know, uh, but one I feel like, again, people need to hear and uh, people need to be reminded of uh, how fragile life is, how quick things can change, right. and uh, and just help us love you on our kids and family. Even, they you think know, when they're teenagers or young adults, they've got a life ahead of them. Yep. We don't know. That's right. That's right. We None don't of know. Us know. That's right. And uh, so I do thank you. I want to, uh, again, like I said, through this, want to just kind of 
honor uh, his memory. And, and just, again, thank you for sharing the story. And I do want to finish up here and, and pray for you as we close out. Just uh, uh, ask God to continue to use you and, and continue to allow you to share your story. So let me pray for you real quick. God, thank you so much for Mr. Howard and Miss Kay. I thank you so much for each of them. I just pray you uh, bless them big time, God. I thank you for uh, what you've done in and through their story and lives have been changed in the midst of uh, tragic circumstances, God. Uh, to lose a child, to lose your one and only son, God, uh, what a brutal, brutal experience, Lord. But you've brought them through, delivered them through the tough times. You've uh, carried them through when they felt like they couldn't stand up. And uh, God, again, today, even years later, you continue to use them and to use the story and the memory of Stephen to impact lives. And I know you're going to do that through uh, the sharing of this story right here. So I just pray again, you bless Miss Kay and just bless their family and uh, continue to use them in a mighty way to continue to share his memory, uh, to make a difference in the lives of other people and to make a difference in the lives of sportsmen. And uh, I pray it happens right here through this particular podcast. Lord, thank you for the story. And then I pray, amen. Thank you. Thank you so much. I appreciate it, Brody. Thank you. And you guys have a great weekend. Tell your husband I said hello. God bless you. And we'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much. Thank you. See you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Go into the woods, muzzleloader hunting in November, open a weekend of muzzleloader season, father-son hunting together, and the dad hears the shot go off, thinks his son has shot a deer, so he runs back to check on him and see what the deal was, what he shot, you know, the excitement of that. You're fired up. You're excited. You heard a shot. You run back to see what he killed, and you find your son laying there. And, and blood, and, uh, man, I, I just can't even begin to imagine the horror of that situation. And then to escalate things further, he goes to run for help and goes to run to get uh, emergency uh, attention, and, and the dad falls and, and breaks his femur in, in like three places, a life-threatening uh, break in and of itself, and um, just a horrific turn of events right there. Finally get the emergency personnel to respond, and, uh, their son is is dead there on the ground, and, and all the uh, stuff that goes with having to share that with a, a wife that's on her way to the hospital. And so, man, what a brutal, brutal situation. But I think the cool thing out of all that is what she talked about, the hope that she's got, man, the hope that is in Jesus. And uh, for anybody listening that doesn't have that hope or you don't know Christ, and you're going through life and you're facing all the crap that comes day in and day out and losing people, loss of loved ones, a child, a parent, um, just the good, the bad, the ugly of life that comes and brutal stuff. If you're going through those things without the hope of Jesus, man, it, 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 it I don't know how you do it. And, uh, so we just want to encourage anybody listening today that's heard Miss Kay's story of losing a son and just talking about how she got through it. She got through it with Jesus. That was the only hope she had. That was the only one that could carry her through. Sure. She had friends, she had family, she had her church family to surround her, but it was all about Jesus carrying her through the awfulest days of her life losing the son, her one and only son, in a tragic muzzleloader hunting accident here in Tennessee. So, again, I want to say a big thanks to Miss Kay for sharing a painful, painful memory from her past. I know it's tough to relive this story, uh, but I really appreciate her sharing that and just uh, serving as a reminder for all of us how quickly life can change, how uh, sacred life is, and, and just a moment it can be over for any one of us. And so just live each day as if it were your last. Make the most of every moment. Invest in the ones you love invest in those around you. And so a tough story to hear, but a good one uh, that I think each of us needs to hear and be reminded of. Hey, that's it for this time, guys. I appreciate you tuning in and hanging out with us for another 
episode of the Hunting Roots podcast. Be sure to give us a rating and write us a review. We always love to hear from you. So we look forward to seeing you back next Tuesday. Again, have a great week. Happy hunting to you. Shoot straight. God bless.